So this is a time of what we call is just Advent. It's the time of year which we, uh, we, we focus in on the coming of Christ. And it's really sort of, you know, the Advent, so it's, it's a word, and maybe you're familiar with the Advent season. But Advent just means coming. It's a fancy word for just coming. It sounds cooler than it's the coming season. It's like it's, it's the Advent season. And so as a church, one of the things that we do is we focus in on the things of Christ as it approaches. I know that there's a lot that's going to be going on in your homes. It's already going on in your homes. Decorations that need to go up, presents that need to be bought, travel arrangements that need to be made and then executed. One of my goals as the pastor here is to prepare you spiritually for the coming season, for the birth of Christ, so that Christmas doesn't come and go and all that it was was presents exchanged and food eaten. But something was greater that was happening. So we've been, we've been doing this. We've been looking at the different candles of, of Advent. The first week we looked at the idea of hope. That Christ has come as, as the hope of the world. We said it was the, the, the waiting and anticipation and expectation of the promises of God. Then last week John preached on love. This idea that, that, that Christ has come as an expression of love to the world. But not just a love for us, but a love that would challenge us and move us out into difficult places to love other people. A lot of you guys are going to get that opportunity coming up here in just a couple of weeks, right? And this morning we light the candle of peace. We understand that Christ has come to offer peace to us. That's this title, right? That's the song that we sang. He is our Prince of Peace. When you, when you see banners of, of Christianity, it was funny, they, maybe they won't say Merry Christmas, but they will say, there are some that say, Peace on Earth. As if peace on earth has become like, a, like the, the, the Gnostic proclaim of Christianity, oh, sorry, of the world, of culture. But I go, the peace on earth, that's straight from Scripture. Because that's, that's what's offered to us in Christ. We call him our Prince of Peace. Peace on earth is what's promised with the Messiah. And it's hard because we talked about peace on earth, but we talk about this idea at a time where peace seems to be elusive to us. It's an elusive in, in, in many ways. Peace on earth. And you've got anxiety. You're worried about buying presents. Did you get the right thing? Will they like it? Can you afford it? Then somebody buys you a present you had, had not anticipated and you have to go and run, run and get them a present. The travel arrangements. Are people coming in? Where are they going to sleep? Where are we going to sleep? The anxiety of, of seeing people you haven't seen in a year and there's a reason why. The anxiety of, of can, you, can you afford stuff? And so it's interesting why I talk about peace because you go, peace on earth? I, I'd, I'd settle for peace in my house. Like we don't have to go, let's not go to the world quite yet. Let's just start peace in this relationship. I'd settle for that. I'd settle for just a, a micro peace in my, in my house, in my workplace. So I think a lot of times what we think about 
peace as we think about this idea of absence of conflict. There's just so much conflict. And if there wasn't this conflict, then I would, I would experience peace. Yeah, I love the idea of the word uh, of peace in, in, in Hebrew, which is the word shalom. Shalom means this idea of wholeness. It's actually a greeting that you'll get in Israel. When we were in Israel, people greeted us with shalom, shalom, shalom. If it's, if it's Sabbath, Shabbat shalom. But it's this idea of, of wholeness. And what we think of a lot of times as Americans, we think, oh, it's just like if my, if my life was less chaotic, then, then I would experience peace. If I could experience peace externally, I would then experience peace internally. And what we want is for, the, for life to calm down, get less crazy, so that we can actually experience peace. And we keep waiting, and we keep waiting, and we keep waiting. And what Shalom tells us, Shalom tells us the reason why we don't experience peace is not because of conflict, but because of brokenness. See, we think if all the conflict would just go away, then we would experience peace. But that's not true. And the reason why is because we are broken people. And that's what shalom comes to this idea of like, there has to be this, this wholeness. All the conflict could go away. All of it could disappear and we would still experience the brokenness that's within us. And so when the prophecies of the Messiah came, some of them in Isaiah is that the prophecies of this time of peace. With the Messiah comes peace. And so if you have your Bibles, turn with me, because we're going to look at one of those prophecies this morning. It's in Isaiah chapter 11, one of the famous passages about the Messiah. And it talks about the reign that is to come. It says this, starting in chapter 11, verse 6, about this time to come. There will be a day the wolf shall dwell with the lamb and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat and the calf and the lion and the fattened calf together and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze. Their young shall lie down together and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the cobra, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And so when Isaiah prophesies, he goes, there's coming a day. So the Messiah is going to come, and with the Messiah is coming certain things. And one of them is this reign of peace. Now we read this passage and we go, we are not here, right? And we, I think we can all agree, we just read that passage, we go, this is not what we're experiencing. If you don't believe me, go to the zoo, right? They still have to separate out the lions and the other animals, they're not putting the goats in with the lions. Let's just, we trust the Lord with this goat and the lion. Like, no, the lion will kill the goat. And so we know that we haven't experienced it, but what Isaiah says is there's coming a day, there's coming a day where we're going to experience this kind of peace, where there is a wholeness, not just in you, but there's a wholeness in all of creation. It's our destination, it's where we're going. Now we read in Genesis chapter 1 and 2 
about Eden and about creation. And you can read in Genesis 1 and 2 that says when God created, it was good. Sun and moon, good. The earth, good. Birds of the sky, good. You know, the the livestock, good. Humanity, very good. And what we see in Genesis 1 and 2 is we see this, this, this place of peace. Everything is as it should be. As something in our soul reads that and goes, yes, that, that's what we want. That's what we long for. And so we have this place. We've come as a people, as humanity. We've come from this place of peace. We are headed to this place of peace. In other words, our origination is a peaceful place. Our destination is a place of peace. But what we experience right now is not that at all. In fact, actually, it's, it's full of brokenness and conflict. And because this is all that we've ever known, a lot of times what we begin to think is that this will always be this way. It'll always be this way. Because it's all you've ever known. And if it's all that you've ever known, then you just think that it's normal. Think about when you, when you grew up. You assumed that the way that you grew up was normal. Like, yeah, it's, everybody does that. Until you start talking with other friends. And so, you, you know, you go to school, you start meeting other people. And you start telling them some of your traditions, and they go, like, it's normal. And they go, what? They go, yeah, yeah, everybody does that. Like, no. Like, oh, yeah, you're weird. Like, no, 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 everybody does that. And you go, Billy, help me out, right? This is normal. And Billy's like, no, no, that's like, yeah, you you guys put cheese on your waffles, right? Like, everybody puts cheese on their waffles. Like, no, no, that's just weird. But why is that? Why did you think that was normal? Because it's all that you ever knew. And so you just assumed that it was normal, whether good or bad, right? So we've, we've come from this place of peace. We're headed to this place of peace, but all that we've ever experienced in between is, is, is conflict and brokenness. And what the scriptures say is that it's not the only place you're ever going to be. And so here we are in the middle of a world in conflict, Right? The world is in conflict. I don't have to tell you that. Just look at the news any day of the week. You go, this nation doesn't like this nation. And even within nations, they don't like each other. And even within states, they don't like each other. And even within cities and neighborhoods, they don't like each other. The world is in conflict. But it's not just a world conflict and brokenness. Like we're, we're, we're conflicted as people. Like individually. I'm conflicted. In fact, often the conflict that I experience out there, all it does is resonate with the conflict I experience internally. Every day of the week. I shouldn't do that. I should do that. I need to be better at that. I need to stop that. I need to start that. And if that wasn't all, then we experience a conflict with God. We know that something's broken in our relationship with Him. We feel it, we sense it. And so we experience all this conflict around us in the world, internally, with God. 
And so then we talk about peace. We go, peace must be nice. And that's why I like the idea of shalom, this wholeness. You know, we just think if, the, if, if, if life was just less chaotic, if life was just less chaotic, I'd be a less chaotic person. And what Shalom says is that the, the reason for peace is not the chaos. The reason that we lack peace is because we are broken in a broken world. The reason why you won't experience peace at your Christmas dinner table is because you've got a lot of broken people sitting there. And they live in a broken world. And it results in conflict. That conflict is the symptom of the brokenness, which is stealing the peace. So what I want to do this morning is I want to I I talk to you about, I think, three kinds of peace that Jesus is offering us. But the first thing I want to do is to convince you that he's off, actually offering it to us. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to John chapter 14, verse 25. This is before Christ goes to the cross. These things I have spoken to you. This is Jesus speaking. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. So peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. And so Jesus says, I offer you a, a different kind of peace. The peace I, I leave with you this peace that will be yours, like now. I think a lot of times what we think is that we can only experience peace in the afterlife, right? We even, that's even what we put on graves, gravestones, right? Rest in peace. Oh, may he now experience peace. He's entered the peace. What Jesus does not say, Jesus does not say, I'm going to go to the cross, then I'm going to go be with the Father, and experience peace, and then one day you will come with me and experience that kind of peace. What he says is actually, I have to go, but what I'm going to leave with you is peace. I'm going to leave this, this peace with you. And so, what he says about that is, he goes, and by the way, this peace is what's di- it's different. The world cannot offer this. This is different. I thought about that idea of world peace. It's a big deal right now, right? World peace, world peace. That's what we're after. We can, if we could just achieve world peace. I think we've been trying to achieve world peace for, I don't know, 5,000 years now. I don't think it's going to be our generation that solves it. But I thought to myself, in theory, in theory, in theory, what if we could achieve world peace? What if tomorrow morning, all of the world leaders, universally, they all woke up and just thought, you know what, I'm kind of a jerk, and I, I need to do things differently, and I've gotta, I'm going to put other people in front of myself. I'm going to operate selflessly and, and, and work towards unity and the good of the world. And what if they all came together, and they go, wait, we, we, we have agreed on this, and we have now achieved world peace. 
sounds ridiculous, right? In theory. I said, that's why I said in theory. In theory, if this were to happen, I'd go, that could happen, but it would not solve the problem. Because we would still be broken people living in a broken world. There would just be less conflict in that broken world and broken self. Because the world could experience peace, but that doesn't mean that I would experience peace. Jesus says that the peace that he offers is something different. I think that even if we had world peace, we would still have, we would still have conflict with each other. And I think we would still have conflict with God. It's one of the things, have you, have you ever read the, the story of the Tower of Babel in Genesis? And in Genesis, it talks about the story of Babel, and if you're not sure, but they, there's a group of people, they all got together, and they go, hey, we communicate really well together, and we are an awesome kind of people. In fact, other way, I, I look at that story, they go, they had peace. The whole, the whole group had peace. They were working so well together. So well together, they said, let us build a tower so that people from far off know how awesome we are. And although there was peace among the people, there was brokenness with God. And because of that, God says, I'm going to, I'm going to, to sow the, the, the seeds of division among them. Because there was a brokenness between God and people. And so I think one of the things that Jesus is offering us is a, a peace that operates internally that moves externally. And what we want is a peace that operates externally and then flows over into the internal. And what Jesus keeps on saying is like, no, 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 that's actually the wrong equation. Your equation is backwards. The peace that I offer you is a peace that is internal that flows into the external. And so to, to show you this, I want to take you to a few places. The first is in Colossians. This is in Colossians chapter, chapter 1, verse 19. It's talking about what Christ has done. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. So in him the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. Through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of, the, of his cross. And you, who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he is now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. And so Paul, writing in Colossians, what he says, he goes, what Christ has done for you, the kind of peace that God has off, that Christ is offering you, when he's talking about it in John chapter 14, the kind of peace that Jesus is offering you that's different with the world is the peace with God. I see people wear the shirts like or the they'll say it or they'll they'll post it. They go, only God can judge me. Only God can judge me. And pardon me, I, I agree. Yeah, God God is your judge. I am not your judge. I am not the judge. God is your judge. But I feel like a lot of times by making that statement is what they're saying is that only God can judge me and I'm good with God. And I go, and with that, I might disagree. This idea that there's what Christ, 
Christ brings wholeness to your relationship with God. And nothing else can offer that. You know, right now with all the, the stuff that you watch on TV and people are asking, like, what do you want? What do you want for Christmas? What do you want for Christmas? And all the ads are like, if you buy this, if you have this, you will, your life will be complete. You will be whole. Like, you can get Alexa to do whatever you want, you know, and, and your life, you'll have an assistant, and you can push her around. Like, you know, you get to do whatever you want. I'm gonna, but the problem is, I could buy that, I could get that, I could receive that, and it might feel good for a while, but I'll still be left broken. Largely because, because there's, there's a breaking relationship with, with God Almighty. And what Christ says is that, that he has come by his blood to offer peace between God and man. Sometimes Christianity is, is accused of being exclusivist. Oh, you guys, you only say that it's only through Christ that people can achieve peace with God. I go, well, I don't say that. I, I think that's what the Bible teaches. And, 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 and I, I really base my life on what the Bible teaches. But even then I go, but, but that's what Christ has said. I don't know. I don't know of another way to find peace with God other than the blood of Jesus. And I think that's why Jesus says, I offer you something different. Different from the world. And so what we see with, with Christ and Colossians is that this, this peace has been given to you. Peace with God. Doesn't stop there. It's not just peace offered. But it's in peace experience. If you've got your Bible, it's actually in my Bible. It's, it's just the page before, which is Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will make everything go your way. No, right? Will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And so, Paul says, well, one, rejoice in God. We're going to talk about that next week. Rejoice in God. Be reasonable. Know that the, God, that the Lord is at hand. In other words, Christ is returning. And with everything, everything, do not be anxious, but instead be prayerful. I talk with people. They go, I just don't know about their prayer life. And go, I just don't know what to pray. I don't know what to pray. I go to prayer. I don't know what to pray. I don't know what to pray. You don't know what to pray? Like, no, I don't, I don't know. I go to prayer just like nothing. I go, oh, okay. Um, what are you worried about? And they go, oh, well, what I'm worried about is I'm worried about the car. I'm worried about uh, the kids. I'm worried about school. I'm worried about uh, the dog. I'm worried about the car. I go, yeah, what you're doing is actually forming your prayer list. I'm worried, is there enough money? I'm worried about this relationship. I go, prayer, prayer, prayer. And I'm not saying that. That's what Paul says. Paul says, if it causes you stress, if it causes you anxiety, that becomes a prayer. And sometimes people are like, well, but what I'm worried about, I, I know that it's stupid. I know that it's a dumb thing to worry about. I go, here's the thing. Paul doesn't give that caveat there. He doesn't say, 
Well, if you're anxious, unless it's anxious about stupid stuff, like don't bother God with that. He says, no, if you're anxious, is it causing you anxiety? That's a prayer. And I often what I think is, 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 I love this passage because what we do, we use all of this emotional energy to worry and to turn it inward. And I think what Paul says is take that same exact emotional energy and turn it upwards towards God. And so I'll, 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 I worry. I have anxiety. And I'll have to, I'll have to stop myself and go, I'm not going to worry about that. In fact, I'm just going to turn it into prayer. And it's not going to be like, oh, what am I going to do if this happens? What am I going to do if this happens? What am I going to do if that happens? Instead, I start praying. I say, God, keep me. God, here's what I would like to see happen. And I love this passage because what he says is, is not that if you turn it into a prayer, then it goes your way. Then what does he say? If you turn it into a prayer, God will protect your heart and he will protect your mind. He will protect what you think and he'll protect how you feel. And I go, at the end of the day, that's what I need. Of course I want things to go my way. And I still, I still pray that. It's okay, prayer. I want things to go my way. But at the end of the day, what I need is my heart to be protected and my mind to be protected. So, ah, things won't go your way. Things will not go your way in this world. And God does not promise that they will go your way. What he does promise you is that when they don't go your way, that he will protect your heart and your mind. There's times that I'll pray and I say, God, this is what I would like to see happen. But if that doesn't happen, I need you to protect my heart. And I need you to protect in the way I feel because my feelings aren't good. And I need you to protect my mind because my thoughts aren't good. And God, what you said in your word, what you said in your word, you didn't say that things would go my way, but you did say that when they don't go my way and I turn them into a pr- prayer, that in you, Christ, you would protect my heart and you protect my mind. And so I'm asking you, would you deliver on that prayer, that promise? And so then it's this, what, and then what, what it says is that it's, it's the peace of God will be experienced. So through Christ, with God, peace is offered then in Christ, peace is then experienced. Like we get to live it out. That surpasses all human understanding. I love that. People go, how can you be so like at peace with all this? You go, yeah, actually, I don't know. I don't actually think humanity can know because it's what the scriptures tell us is that it will surpass all understanding. That's the kind of peace I want. But it doesn't stop there. Rarely does it. Paul says you should do something else with it too. Romans chapter 12. We're going to start in verse 14. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one for evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. Verse 18, if possible, 
so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. I love that. If possible, if possible, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Some of you guys are going to need to put that up. You're going to have to put that up in your bedroom as Christmas comes, if possible. If possible, my job is to live at peace with everybody. But what if if they said things about you? If possible, live at peace with them. What if they did some things to me? It's your job, to the best of your ability, to live at peace with them. I think that if you are a Christian, you should be the ambassador of peace in every relationship you touch. And that's hard. Because what what the scriptures tell us, the peace that Jesus is offering us is peace with God. Then in a, a peace experienced. And then he says, and now what I want you to do is I want you to externalize that peace to other people and other relationships. And here becomes the problem. If we don't experience peace with God and we're not experiencing internal peace, then we've got no shot at trying, to, at trying to extend peace to other people. I think a lot of times, as Christians even, the reason why we can't extend peace to other people is because we haven't experienced the peace of God between Him, and we have not let the peace of God be experienced within ourselves. And so we take all of that all the emotions, all the brokenness, all the emptiness, all the shame, all the guilt, and then we externalize all of that. And then we wonder why we can't live at peace in our relationships. I think this is what Christ is asking of you. By the way, if you, if you don't experience peace in the vast majority of your relationships, I'm going to submit that the relationships are not the problem. And it could be that they, they, they've done things, they have said things, I get that. I get that and I don't excuse that. That doesn't, that doesn't say that's right. What I'm telling you from Scripture is that if every, almost every relationship you experience, you are not experiencing any kind of peace, then I would go, there, there's a common denominator. And you can't give out what you have not received. And so maybe you have to work some things out between you and God, and maybe you have to work out some things internally so that you can externalize them. My prayer for the community has been that you guys would be the ambassador of peace at your Christmas table. You would be the ambassador of peace on Christmas Eve in your homes. You'd be the ambassador of peace in your workplaces. We go, and this is the kind of peace that Jesus is offering us. What did I say? We want a peace that is externalized, lived out in circumstances. I want my life to be more peaceful, less chaotic circumstances. And what Christ offers us, he goes, I'm going to offer you a different kind of peace that's not based in circumstances, but that's based in relational, like relationships. 
I'm going to give you peace in the relationship with God. I'm going to extend to you peace within yourself. And I'm going to give you peace in the relationships around you. That's the kind of peace that I offer you. And when I think about that, I think that's actually, that's very true, right? If I'm experiencing peace with God and internal peace, and I'm experiencing peace in the the relationships around me, for the most part, it doesn't matter what comes at me, right? It doesn't matter what happens or what goes wrong. The world could fall apart, but if I've got peace with God, I've got some internal peace, and I've got peace in my major relationships that are around me, the world could throw anything at me. And yet what we want is the external What I would say is that we don't make the same mistake as the Israelites. You know, the Israelites, when Christ came, the Israelites thought they were, well, they were under Roman rule. And they thought, if Messiah, if you can just get Rome out of here, Jesus, if you can just get Rome out of here, then we can go back to being at peace as a, as a country. And when they realized that Jesus was not going to offer them that kind of peace, that's when they would reject him. Well, obviously, you can't, you can't give us the peace that we're looking for. And what Jesus says, I'm giving you the peace that you need. I pray that we would not do the same. And so, oh, you know, I was thinking about this. Is Jesus wrote, Jesus spoke John 14 prior going to the cross. Prior to going to the cross, what's he talking about? Peace. We'd say the cross is not a peaceful circumstance. I mean, you, you look at the crucifixion, you look at being crucified, you go, that speaks nothing of peace. And what's Jesus talking about? Peace. Peace I leave with you. Peace I give to you. And then Paul writes, what are you, what are you worried about? Turn that worry into a prayer. And, and, and the peace of God that surpasses all human understanding will guard your heart and guard your soul or you guard your mind in Christ. He's writing that from a jail cell. Nothing peaceful about that and circumstances wise. In the midst of chaos and bad circumstances, what it tells us that we can experience the peace of God. And so these are the, the three areas Peace offered, peace experienced, and then peace given. Or as I think about it this week, it's a peace eternal with God. It's a peace internal within ourselves. And it's a peace external then offered in relationships. And as we focus on peace this week, what I want us to do is to let that form our prayers. Let that form how we pray. Where do you need to experience peace with God? Where are you at, at odds with Him? And when I say you're at odds with God, I mean you're, you're wrong and He's right because when you're at odds with God, He's always right and you're always wrong. Where are you at odds with God? My prayer is that this week is that you turn that into a prayer. Say, God, would you, would you help me? God, would you, would you turn me around? Would you, would you restore me? Would you redeem me? And so where do you need to experience the peace w- between you and God? 
part one. Part two is I would ask you the question of where do you need to experience peace internally? So eternally with God, internally, where do you need to experience the peace of God? What are you worried about? I'm worried about these people coming over my house that I only see once a year. And then I think to myself, this is why we don't get together more often because you guys do stupid stuff like this. I'm worried about that. Turn that into a prayer. I don't think there's enough money. Turn that into a prayer. It's, but it's stupid. That, that's not what God said. It turned into a prayer. And the promise is the peace of God will guard your heart and guard your mind. And that's, that's the prayer. God, would you, would you guard my heart, God? Would you guard my heart? Would you guard my mind? And not necessarily change the circumstances. And then the third place is, where do you need to see God, the, the peace of God then externalized? So the peace of God eternally, the peace of God internally, and the peace of God externally. What relationships are broken that you need God to bring wholeness to? And maybe it's a relationship where there's not a lot of conflict. There's not a lot of conflict, but there's no wholeness. Everything's just like this, but there's, it's not whole. And you turn that into a prayer. Say, God, would you bring wholeness to this relationship? God, I'm going to see them in a couple weeks, or God, I'm, I'm sitting right next to them right now, and, and would you bring wholeness to this relationship? And in that, God, would you allow me to be the ambassador of peace in that relationship? Would you use me to bring wholeness, Jesus, to this relationship? Would you give me an opportunity? Because it's coming. The peace of God eternally the peace of God internally, the peace of God externally. Relationally, relationally, relationally. And Jesus says, that's what I offer. And if you experience those, the circumstances, whether you're being crucified or in jail or free, will matter very little. Let's pray. As we pray this morning, actually I'd like to give you an opportunity to do just this this morning. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And right now what I want you to do is I want you to confess to God a place where you've been at odds with him. A place where you've been struggling. Ask God to forgive you. Ask God that he would restore you. Ask God that he would redeem the choices. Now I want you to confess to God a place where you've been worried. A place that's brought you stress. Ask God 
Ask God to change the circumstances. What would you like to see happen? Now ask God to protect your mind, your thoughts. Ask God to protect your heart, the way you feel. Next, I want you to confess to God a relationship that needs to be restored. Ask God to restore the relationship. Ask God to bring wholeness. Ask God to bring healing. Ask God to allow you to be the ambassador of peace in the situation. Oh God, we thank you. We thank you that you are the God of peace, the Prince of Peace. Not just today, not just the moment you were born, Jesus, into the world, but from beginning to end, you are the author of peace. God, and whether we're experiencing brokenness with you, brokenness within ourselves, or brokenness in relationships around us, or all three, we thank you for your commitment that we would be people of peace who experience it, who live it, and then offer it to others. We pray that this week we would be people of peace, ambassadors of peace, in every relationship we come across. We love you. We pray for these things in your name. Amen.